tying right into your tithes and offerings is being consistent in your tithes and offerings will get you to where you need to be. And just throwing that. Now, here's the simple secret of living a supernaturally blessed life in the midst of a crazy world. Doing things God's way. It's that simple. In order to be, step into the supernatural and be blessed, we just have to do things God's way. That's it. It's very simple and to the point. So if, to be able to do that, we have to live by faith. So to live by faith, we, one, have to hear, believe, and act. So we hear the word, we believe it in our hearts, and then we act on it. That equals a supernatural blessed life. And a lot of us here, I would say pretty much everybody here, lives a supernaturally blessed life. It is important to look at what we have on a day-to-day basis. It's not normal. It's not. Um, Especially when you see people in the world and what they're doing, what they're saying, how they're living their life in comparison to the winners, we're supernatural. We act supernaturally. So as we look at it around us, we can see that we live uh, spectacular lives. Uh, we can look uh, around us and we have supernatural babies, supernatural business deals, supernatural raises and bonuses. Supernatural relationships. I mean, you know, you kind of think of like the person that you married, you're like, if I knew them in high school, I probably wouldn't have married them. (laughs) But you think of the people that we get to fellowship with every day. Is that really funny? (laughs) We have supernatural relationships. You know, we would have probably never met if it wasn't for the Lord, or we wouldn't have gotten a chance to have these great adventures, Jesus adventures together. They're supernatural relationships, and we get to do supernatural things together on a regular basis. And that is how we live our lives here at Winner's Church. And to begin with that, we start with Proverbs 4.20 in the Passion Translation, do you have that, Joe? If not, you can put it in the English Standard Version, and I will read the... This is the Passion Translation, Proverbs 4.20 through 24. It says, Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you, and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. So it's talking about our thoughts. Fill our thoughts. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So here we're talking about thoughts, we're receiving health. And I like this next part. It says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart. And to me, that affections is talking about those relationships. 
You know, pastor is preaching about associations, how those associations will bring us to a good place or bring us to not so good place. So here he, um, Proverbs is telling us, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. So they're going to affect all that we're doing, those affections, those thoughts, what we're doing. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. So now we can talk about perverse words like, you know, cursing or saying things bad about people. But if you guys remember Tyler's preaching a couple of weeks ago, perverse words can be something else. It could just be going against God's word. Anything that we're saying against God's words is perverse. Um, So whenever you're looking at and saying, I don't have enough to pay for that, Mm, that's perverse because God meets all of our needs according to his riches and glories. My kids will never do this, or they'll never be straight-A students. Eh. That could go against God's word, right? Because he has called us, he gives, he says, I give you wisdom. I give you a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. Sound mind, that means that they're going to be smart and know what to do. So whenever we're talking about being consistent, yes, we can, you know, we've gotten to the place where we're walking in a lot of supernatural stuff, but we can get even further along by following these things. So Proverbs 4.20 gives us a pretty good outline, talking about our thoughts, our affections, our words, making sure that when we speak, we only speak God's word, so that we can get over to where we receive it. So God gives us the blueprint on how to step into his blessings. He gives us his Bible. But, you know, man, we kind of, time and time again, we kind of just do the opposite. You know, we think back to even the Israelites where 40 years they just kept going around in circles because they wanted to do things their own way. And we're not too far from it often. We're like, how many times have we kind of butted against something? We're like, all right, we're going to go through this again. All right, we're going to go through this again. So we want to make sure that as we are stepping out and doing God's will, we continue to walk and talk his word. In Exodus 19.5 through 6, and the English Standard, please, It says, now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So the Israel... um, Israel people would start out doing good, but then would kind of stray off. And then God would remind them again, obey my word. Here's the blueprint. Do this. This is how you're going to be blessed. 
And God's so merciful in his love and his grace would just keep doing that over and over. He would send another prophet. He would tell them again, this is how to do it. Keep on, you know, keep on walking the walk. And if you guys remember, uh, the prophet Jeremiah preached this message for over 40 years. 40 years. That's a long time. Now, we we ourselves can step into that now and say, how many times have we heard the, the message of supernatural increase, right? We've heard it often, sometimes here at Winner's Church. <laughs> and so it's when we see these comparisons from the, the Old Testament to now we are the New Testament, um, it tells us how we, okay, this is how they did it. Let's look at it and how... How are you going to do it? How are you going to walk this out? And this is an example of how we can look to, to our past to see how we want to react in our uh, future, in our current state. In the book of Jeremiah, we read that God's plan, what God's plan for his people, and he promised them blessings upon blessings. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So this is my first point today is that God has a plan for our life, and he does. So we know that his plan has a blueprint, and we can consistently follow that blueprint by following his word. Here at Winter's Church, we, we preach that a lot, that we, there's a plan, there's a purpose. God made you for a purpose, and you can follow that purpose. And here at Winter's Church, we will find it. We'll start out with seeing, you know, how you do with the kiddos. We'll start out with maybe door greeting. Um, you're helping out at the outreach with handing out hot dogs, or maybe an open invitation is always on, at outreach. Because the, the great thing about doing those things is not just the task that you get to do, but the lessons that you learn from and, and how your spirit builds up from each one of those things that you get to do. And then that opens up. The Lord starts speaking to you. The Lord starts saying, okay, what about this part of your life? How can we perfect this part of your life? And he starts, you know, chiseling away at ourselves and I've been born again probably as long as I've been married to David, so it's about 15 years, and he's done a lot of work in me. He, he really has. Um, from I've come a long ways. Um, I used, I'd say I used to be someone that I, you know, was argumentative, and um, I wanted things my, my way or, you know, or the highway. <laughs> but there's so much that I have learned in following his word. And that's really the, the consistency of following his word and being listening and reading and staying on top of it. That's what keeps me from being a roller coaster is that I am consistently in his presence, consistently reading his word. And that reveals his plan for me. And we've, you know, done a lot of this along the way. 
but we're here and we're, you know, we're still trying to find the, the right road to get on. Um, but I think, I just think that's kind of how he works. It's just, we're going here to learn things as, as we get to our destination. So it's amazing how he does that is he will lead us to his perfect plan by doing those little things whether it's at our church or maybe he'll call you to do something at work. I know Sister Rhonda says she has a prayer group. You know, it may not be here. It might be with your family. It might be at work. It might be just those things that you do with uh, your siblings. But he will speak to us about his plan for our lives. And when we do, when we hear it, you know, the recipe, we hear it, we believe it, we act on it. And that's just the consistency of doing that. So we need to position ourselves to receive from him. How do we receive from him? We believe it. We receive it. We act on it. That's how we position ourselves. And we live that constantly. And you add, you know, that's done by faith. It has to be. Because by faith, all that, all that flesh part of us gets out of the way. Because if we try to do it on our own, in our own uh, self, we're going to give up day two, guarantee. Because it's going to not be pleasant, and it's not going to be the way we want it, and it's not going to be how we pictured it. And so we have to do it by faith. We have to do it by faith in God's word because God's blessings manifest through faith. So it transfers from the spirit realm to the real realm when we walk it out by faith. In Hebrews 11, 1, in the Amplified, I'm going to do a lot of switching from versions. In the Amplified, it says, now faith First of all, now faith, not tomorrow, not yesterday, now, today. Every day is now. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Uh, something we heard recently is that if we see it, then we don't have, then we don't need faith for it, right? So we have to do it by faith. Everything that we do by faith. Um, you guys remember the story of Pastor Ziggy? Uh, whenever Amelia, we were wanting to get uh, pregnant with Amelia, first of all, we were getting ready to. You know, I was speaking. This, this is my. You know, I'm going to get pregnant. This is going to be how it's going to be. I was preparing for it, and I started, you know, looking at, well, I'm going to need bigger clothes. I'm going to need to start um, looking at my insurance, what, you know, what type of benefits I'm going to need for that year. So it was in my faith walk, it was already done because faith is now. There was a wedding coming up, and I said, well... By then, I'm going to be pregnant, so I'm going to need a bigger dress. So I got a bigger dress, one that would facilitate for the 
biggerness of a pregnancy. And it was great. That wedding came and went, and there was no Amelia. But you know what? It was in my heart. It was a done deal. It was a done deal. It was a year and a half. It took us a year and a half. But from that beginning, it was a done deal. And Amelia existed in that realm, in the faith realm. And because I heard the word of Hilda, it is my will for you to conceive. I heard it, I received it, and I acted on it. And that was consistent of what we did with Jack, too. We knew that that was his will. We acted on it. And here he is. And here he is. And that's really how we need to walk out every single thing we do. Every single thing we do, we need to act like it's already done because it is. In, the, in faith. Now, it takes receiving it. That's that little, that part in the middle. You heard it. You act it out, but then the middle is the receiving. Another definition for receiving is taking it. We have to take it as our own. Because without taking it, then it's not yours. Pretty simple. <laughs> if you don't take it, it's not yours. And if you don't have it, then you can't receive it by faith, and then you just are walking around hoping. It's still the substance of it, but it's not transferring it from the spirit realm to the real realm. So as we're walking out our, our faith and our, our walks with the Lord, we need to take it. That's mine. The Lord said that that was mine. I will conceive because his word says, and I heard, you know, if anybody of you know me, I have a scripture for everything. I had a set of scriptures for conceiving. I had a scriptures for being a mom. I had a scriptures for everything that dealt with that. Because I, I heard it in his word. And it starts with that. You have to, if you, have, if you are wanting to receive something from the Lord by faith, you hear it. You have to hear it first. And that takes getting in his word. And apart from getting in his word is talking to him. In your, time, in your private time when you're just alone with him and you're having that conversation. And, and he's like, yes, I did say that at my, on my book. I did say that. And that's yours. And having those conversations means that it's going to take the commitment of you setting that time aside. So inconsistency lies the power to receive everything he has for us. So putting faith in God's word causes things to happen in our lives. It brings to pass all of the promises God made to us in his Bible. When we mix his promises with faith, they take on the substance they become healing, they become finances, they become whatever we need. So as we look into our next year, like I said, a lot of people like to look at 
it's starting the new year, setting goals. What is it that you're going to receive from him for this year that's going to propel you for however long he wants to take you with that? What's it going to be that's going to take you to that next place? Because his promises, and we can look at Deuteronomy 28 where he talks about all of his promises, all of the good stuff he has provided for us. And pretty much it's just everything we will ever need. But we need to take them and act on them. Which, of course, in our, my second point is putting faith in God's word gives us substance to the promise in the Bible and causes them to become a material reality. So when we're walking by faith, and we, we know Hebrews, it says, faith is the assurance. And I have the Amplified. Can you pull up the English standard? I believe it's... Okay, hold on a second. English standard? And the one that talks about the substance. Because the Amplified says the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Might be an IV. It is the Amplified? Now faith is the insurance. Yes, I'm looking for the one that says it's the substance, but it's the King James, thank you. I just thought it was, if it's not English standards, it's the King James. Yes, there it is. Now, faith is the substance of things we hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So as we were talking about faith is when you hear it, believe it, act it out, that is going to equal that thing becoming a reality. It's the substance. So I'm going to say that again. It says, putting faith in God's word gives substance to the promise in the Bible and causes them to become a material reality. We have the example of Abraham on how to work our promises by faith. He believed it. He, bang, he began to take action on it. And sure enough, God made it come to pass. And it's one of my favorite scriptures is uh, Romans 4, 20 through 21. It says, no unbelief or distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and he was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. So to start off with him, it says, no unbelief or distrust made him waver. So in what we're hearing God promise us and what we're, you know, what seems almost impossible, we have to be sure that we do not waver in unbelief or distrust. Because that will 
hinder faith. If you're in unbelief, then you're not in faith, so then you can't have it. Done deal. Unbelief will cut out any faith that you have. The word of God works for everyone. That is why the Bible tells us to attend to his word in Romans 10, 17, just like Abraham. He said, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. Hear the word of God and take it and be quick to receive it. So a lot of people, don't ponder it. Don't think about it like, uh, well, what's it going to be? But say, that's mine. Take it right then and there. Be quick about receiving his word. Because once you start wavering, unbelief will settle in. And once unbelief sets in, then now you have to work with unbelief and kind of walk that walk until to get it out of your head. But once you take it and receive it, it says, that's mine. You're not going to waver. And you're going to do like Abraham did and says, no unbelief or distrust made him waver. And a lot of that is trust. Just like with our finances, when we give our tithes and our offerings, we trust it's just that trust that he is going to see to it that all of our needs are met. When God gives us a word, the minute we believe it, now, as believers, as people, we have been given a choice. We can choose to believe and we can choose not to believe. It's our free will. So, when we choose to believe, we say it. Pastor talks about it's our choice to praise. We have our choice. We can, we can praise or we can not praise. But we choose out of love and out of obedience to God. We choose. So it has to be, it's not our spirit. It's not our body. It's our Mind, will, and emotions, right? It's that part of us that will choose to do something. So when we choose to believe it, we have to be definite and consistent. Commit to it. Commit that you're going to believe it. Commit that you're going to believe that God has a husband for you. And it's settled. Commit to believing that X debt is paid off. Commit to believe that your ministry is flourishing. Because once you commit and once you believe it and you make that choice, if you don't waver, it's a, it's a done deal. Because unbelief will quench that faith that you have. So we say it, and at the point, the point that we say it and believe it and we take it, all of heaven goes out and says, all right, let's do this. Let's start building it. Let's start getting this together. Anna believed it. She took it. She said it with her heart, and now she's acting out on it. She's, she's going out looking for cars. So all of heaven is working to get it done because that's what he said his word was going to do. And while heaven is out there working to get it done, whatever things have to be moved to get to where the manifestation of it comes to you, we have to be 
diligent, just like Abraham, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, but he gave praise and honor to God, all while still not seeing it, right? Because it was all happening in the back end. But the minute we say, well, I don't know if my budget's going to help it. Done. Unbelief sets in. You're, you get, now you have to start all over. So that's why we have to be so diligent about being consistent with our words. Because our words will fire something up or just tear it back down. So when we're consistent with what we believe in and being diligent about his word, then all of heaven is moving. All of heaven is moving to get that done. I remember back in the Newcastle revival, uh, David and I were um, tight. And some people say tight on money. But we were going day in and every single day and we were driving out to Newcastle in this wonderful car, this, this Audi, eh, might have been 2009, the silver one, yes. It was, an old, it was an older Audi, but we were driving that thing back and forth, and it was, it was fantastic. And there were just days where we just didn't have anything to give. And I think it was Pastor, either Pastor Mikey or Pastor Ziggy would preach on, you know what, give anything. What do you have to give? Is it lint from your pocket? Is it a button? Because giving opens the door to him stepping into our finances. So we gave that stirred us up where he's like, I have lint in my pocket. And there was one night where we gave lint. And it's pretty cool because years after, Pastor Mikey showed us, he, I don't know how he got it, but he had that piece of lint in his Bible. Because now God, he's blessing us so much but it starts with, we believed in him. We trusted that we were going to get to a place where we had more than enough. What? We believed that we were never going to be broke another day in our lives. We believed it, and we said it with our mouths, and we acted on it. Because that was his word. And inconsistency lies the power of his word, as we are consistently walking that out. And Newcastle seems so, so long ago, but those were the times that we were birthing our faith and, and equipping us to get to where we're at today. And now I think about it, I'm like, Lord, if you've done that, you know, in this just couple of years and knowing what we're doing today, what does like 10 years from now look like? And that is why we need to make sure that when we're setting our, our, our eyes on, on what he wants to do, that we make sure it's not just small potatoes, small potatoes, but that, you know, we start seeing, all right, Lord, okay, you can do really big things. What is it that you want us to do? You know, our confession talks about big whopper chunk seed. This last uh, thing, maybe 
two years ago when we were sowing for the, the building, we got to give a big Whopper Chunk seed, and it was awesome. It was something we always wanted to do, and we want to continue to do. Uh, David and I believed for a, we're believing for a house to have a, an extra room to be able to house, um, you know, if we have extra uh, or pastors or evangelists that are coming through, it might be easier and nicer for them to stay at a home than, you know, maybe a hotel. But this time, you know, we might have not had that space, but we got to give towards a hotel room and their stay. And that's sewing towards that to be able to step into those little things that are in our desires of our hearts that we all know he put there. Because that's, that's just how he is. So as we are walking it out, we have to make that choice. It's a choice to believe it. So whenever I see somebody that says, oh, I don't know if it's not working, you're choosing that. You're choosing not to believe it for whatever reason. Maybe you're not in your word enough. Pastor talk, talks about if, if you're in unbelief, it's a sign of word deficiency. I mean, that's just what it is. So unbelief just comes from word deficiency. The word will fire us up. The word will. That's why I'm going to say, if you haven't been in uh, Carolyn's prayers, she is praying the word daily, and that will fire you up. So the third point is his plans for us come to pass when we walk in his ways. Isaiah 58, 8 and 9 in the English standard, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If it was up to us, we would say what we see. We would say, oh, and you know, the world says that. Oh, inflation and the gas prices, oh, blah, blah. But that's not God's way. God's way is higher. His way is speaking, God meets all my needs. I have more than enough. I have the best car. I have the best job. His ways are higher than our ways. We can't think the way the world thinks, and we have his word to be able to know what to say. You're like, well, I don't know what to say. Just say his word. Open up your Bible. Read it. Faith takes the word of God. If we are born again and have been redeemed from the curse, which is all in Deuteronomy 28, every issue is under the curse. Poverty, lack, depression, Every opposition is under the curse. So we know that we can walk opposite of that, which is the blessing. The more of God's word we know and act on, the better life we're going to have in every area. In every area. There is not a place in our lives that he can't touch. Because he is just that good. And if there's a a place that you're like, oh, I don't know. I haven't seen him work in that area. Challenge him. Challenge him and be like, all right, Lord, 
What are you going to do in this situation? What are you going to do over here? It could be your neighbor. Maybe you never thought about that. Well, I don't really talk to my neighbors. Well, how can we change that? How can we change that? And he will, he will take you up on that challenge 100% of the time. And he will, whether it's showing you through his word or bringing you someone along and saying, hey, have you ever thought about this? Maybe, maybe we have Shelby speak on something on her Facebook Lives and you're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And that opens up a, a whole new area where you can like, oh, okay, I can do, I can do that. But it's, it's challenging him to, to walk in every space of your life. And he, he'll meet you there 100% of the time. Uh, I like to talk about how back in a few years ago when I, I would say this constantly because I was trying to change the way that I looked at food. And I'd say, I don't prefer to eat bread. <laughs> I don't prefer it because before that, I really just like mm, bread, bread rolls, the French rolls, Costco bread rolls. I mean, they're just delicious. And I just, but I was wanting to be diligent about my eating and I wanted to, um, you know, be better my health. So I started saying, I don't prefer bread. It's the simplest little thing, right? You're like, why would God care about eating bread? He wants to be involved in every single part of your life. And, and that's a challenge to even bringing me now again. I, I challenge myself for what I used to do. <laughs> but that's good because, you know, we know that it's possible and that if it might not be bread, it might be it might be something that you're uh, watching, something that you're listening to, that you're like, Lord, I know you would prefer me not to do that, or not to watch that, or not to listen to that, or not to talk to that person because they rally, rattle you up in ways that they probably shouldn't. You're like, Lord, I don't prefer this or that. And he will curb it because you know what? Mark 11, 23, 24 says that you have whatsoever you say. So as you are walking this walk, he has an answer for everything. And your communication is everything. What you say with your mouth is everything. We are walking in the reality that we spoke. And that's just it. And he says that. In my point four is God, God's word reveals his ways and contains his power. Isaiah 55, 11. It says, so shall my word be that goes, for, goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. That is a very powerful scripture. It sums up how we live supernaturally. 
It tells us how to open the door for him to move on our behalf in every area of our life. You find out what he said in his word about it. You put it in, in your word and in your heart and plant the seed in the ground. So as we speak God's word, we're planting that seed in our hearts. God's word is a supernatural seed. It's alive, it's active. The Bible contains God's word and by itself, it doesn't do anything. But when we, his spirit beings, say it out of our mouths, it relieves creative power. God's word must be in our heart and in our mouth to be acted upon. Then over time, they produce whatever it is that we're believing. They grow from the, spirit, uh, the spiritual seed into something you can touch and see, wear and drive and have. So, God, so good ground people, I'm going to call them that, good ground people, hear the word, you put it first place in your lives, and then you hold on to it. Remember we talked about earlier how it has to grow? It might not be overnight, so it has to grow. So we have to hold on to that word. They don't let the devil talk them out of believing it. Don't get into distrust or unbelief. And don't disqualify yourselves from receiving them. So when we do that, then we let that word flourish in the good ground, which is us. And then it grows and it manifests. So we need to make sure that even when we see impossible circumstances, negative reports, um, we as good grounded people continue in God's word. We need to focus on his promise instead of the problem. Just simple. You can't, can't look at the problem. We can't speak the problem. You're like, Hilda, that's hard. Uh, but it's pretty cool when you walk on water, isn't it? It's difficult, yes. It's a lot of uh, diligence. You know, remember we, we talked about it's our choice. It's a choice for someone who goes to the gym and works out every day and eats good. It's a choice. But we, as God's people, get to choose God's word and receive his promises. So as we do that, we focus on his promise and not the problem. And we receive his blessings. And we walk in that supernatural life. It's worth it. You're like, whoa, Hilda, you're way out there. Yeah, and I like it. It's nice. It's nice walking in the supernatural. It's worth it. Remain consistent in faith, and because of consistency has the power in it, it comes forth through the fruit of patience, which is in Luke 8 and 15. So we still have that fruit of patience. We have to be patient. Yeah, let it have its perfect work in you. Again, because it's worth it. All of it is. I have everything I have today. Literally everything I have today is because of God and walking out his promises. Oh, yeah. 
the life I live today, I could have never imagined for myself before I gave my life to Christ. I had given up. I thought, this is it. Dunzo. I was doing silly things. I say silly. They're stupid. <laughs> I had given up. But then God came, and I said, you know what? I have nothing. I don't like my life. This life sucks. And luckily, I had people that had sown in, in my life the word of God and said, hey, look, there's a, there's a Jesus that can change things for you. And it took, there's two main people. One of them was David. But everything I have today, I can confidently say it comes from God. Okay. I can't give myself any credit. So make up your mind that you're always going to be a good ground person and speak his word. And make a choice daily to act out what you heard. And brings me to my fifth and final point. Continue to believe, speak, and act on the word. In time, you will see God's promises fulfilled in your life. Okay. Hebrews 6, 11 through 12. It says, and I'm going to read it again in the Passion, so you might not uh, be able to see it up there. It says, but we long to see you passionately advance until the end, and you find your hope fulfilled. So don't allow your hearts to grow dull or loose your enthusiasm, but follow the examples of those who fully received what God has promised because of their strong faith and patient endurance. We just have to walk it out. And as we do, his blessings will overtake us because that's what his word says. If we keep hearing it, but we're not doing it, we won't see it come to pass. It's kind of like we talked about um, If we heard a preaching, the example was supernatural increase over and over and over. If we keep hearing it, but we're not doing anything with it, it's not going to do us any good. And we don't want to step into unbelief because then faith can't even act in any of that. It's polluted water. So we're hearing it. We're receiving it. And we're doing it. That's how we receive the manifestation of God's promises. A part of continuing to stand on God's promises is not looking back to what caused you to be in your current situation. Don't look back. As we move forward, don't look back. Back in high school, I was uh, in track, and I... They made us run the four by, I say they made us. I had to run the four by four. I was the long distance runner. I, nah, speed was not my thing. But because we needed to earn points, they had the long distance runners 
point. And so they taught us that in a four by four, you don't look back when you're running. You just gotta keep moving. You just gotta keep looking forward to your next place. And that as as Christians, we can't be looking back at what we did and didn't do. What caused the thing? Why did we get sick? Why did we, yes, got into that debt? Or why did we hang out with a certain someone that made us do certain stupid things? There's no reason why we need to keep looking back. We must always look forward when, it's, when we're dealing with God. He's already cleansed us. He's already washed it. One of, the, one of my great experiences with God was uh, when he showed me, I was, I was taken into this beautiful place where there was a river. And this was early on in my walk with him. And he took me into his river and he showed me all of my baggage being washed away. He's like, that's done. No more. And from that point on, it was, it was so relieving. Just, I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to. I, it comes up in my mind from time to time. But I'm like, that's the old Hilda. That, she's dead. That's not the new Hilda. It's almost like it was just a memory of a, maybe a book I read or a movie I saw, but that's not me. And so as we are stepping into what we're doing and stepping into our walk of faith, we can't be looking back all the time. Not all the time, never. There's no reason for it. It's uh, counterproductive. And you want to make sure that when you're doing that, that you're always, when dealing with God, Always look forward. Always keep your eyes on what he has for you now. Faith is now. So in Mark 11, 22 and 24, in the Passion Translation, it says, Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Ooh, I like it. Here in the, in the Passion Translation, there's an exclamation. So it says, let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth. I speak to you. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt, mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask in prayer. Boldly believe. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. That's the Bible. I didn't, I didn't write that. I didn't say it. I mean, I said it now, but I... <laughs> and that's God. And that's... Literally every point comes in that, that one scripture. Whoever says it does not doubt, believes what he says will happen, it will be done. 
Now we know a double-minded man is not in faith. So we need to continually speak in faith in God's word. If you catch yourself saying the opposite, be quick to repent. It's easy. Catch yourself. Be humble and say, Lord, I shouldn't have said that. I repent. I have more than enough. Be quick to repent. Yes, I'm healed by his stripes. Be quick to say, no, I love that person. Because when we're quick to repent, our heart starts changing inside of us and starts creating and opening up room for what we need to walk in that goodness and in his love and his presence and his abundance and all of that. And we get right back on track. Say only what you want to come to pass. That's it. If you need to put it on your forehead, tattoo it on your hand, say only what you want to come to pass. It's going to be real harsh, but I'm going to say it. Get control of your mouth. 2 Timothy 1.17 in the Passion Translation, it says, For God will never give you the spirit of fear. He will never give you a spirit of fear. But the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, so you have strength, you have love, you're walking out in love, and self-control. In other translations, it says a sound mind, but I like this one because it says self-control. At that moment, I knew I could say, I don't prefer bread. <laughs> because I have the ability to have self-control over what I eat, what I say, my thoughts. Recently, I have been saying this, quoting this scripture a lot, just weird thoughts coming in my head. I'm like, no. Lord, you didn't give me a spirit of fear, but you gave me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's taking those thoughts captive, bringing them down, scooting them out, out you go. That's not me. And we have to be consistent about that. Inconsistency lies the power of his word. And we need to choose to act out on them. So as we look into our next year to come, I am very excited about 2023, not only because of things he's spoken to me about of what to do, but it's like I, I feel like I'm a, I've got loaded weapons, like my arsenal is full. I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at it with everything I've got, and I'm excited because you guys get to be a part of it. Thank the Lord. Uh, it's one thing to know that you're doing it and you're going to, you know, I'm doing this, but we're doing it together. Oh, yeah. um, and it's going to be great. And he's going to continue to bless us and prosper us um, yeah. as, we walk, as we walk it out with him. That's where our five points. So I'm going to pray us out. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much. And I'm going to say, if, if you guys got blessed during worship, it was probably because of me, because it was my birthday, and he likes blessing me. <laughs> but, Lord, we just thank you so much.
for your presence. We thank you so much for everything that you do for us, for your word that continues to be alive. And it's full of power and full of ammunition to take on this world, Father, and flip it upside down for your glory. We thank you, Father, that you're equipping us and that this word is continuing to, to go forth as you have spoken it. We thank you, Lord, and as Pastor Ziggy and Pastor Annie are um, enjoying some needed time off, Father, I pray that you would bless them. Bless them, Father, and speak to them. Last time they were on vacation, you gave Pastor Ziggy a word. Well, let's do it again. Do it again, Father. We thank you, Father, that you're continuing to lead us and guide us by your spirit, Father, and we thank you for it. We thank you that you challenge us. We thank you that you've given us and equipped us to do it. And we thank you and we give you all the glory and all the praise. Now, if there's anything that anyone might need prayer for, 